Welcome to the Big Guys Little Ties podcast. I have no tone. No, neither does uh, our other guest. Joined with my guests, uh, I'm Nick Fichetti. I'm, I'm joined with my guests, uh, Peter and Irene Fichetti, guests of honor today, my parents. And uh, we're in studio with Jason Floyd. Um, <clears throat> no Jordan today, so I'm wearing my tie at half mast, uh, untied. So uh, it's just us. Uh, so what's up, guys? How are we doing? Okay. How do you feel being on uh, the, uh, your first ever podcast? Wow. <laughs> it's a new experience. Yeah. Don't, Dad, don't get too gun shy on this. <laughs> just be honest. Be natural. You know, I know you've been in some, some hairy situations in your life, so uh, you got this under control. Quick story about my parents, Pete and Irene Fichetti. Uh, I'll give a little background and then you guys can get into it. All right. So, uh, Pete Fichetti born July 18th, 1945, Budapest, Hungary. Okay. Uh, lived the first part of his life in Europe, uh, uh, first five, six years in Hungary. Then he went to live with his paternal grandparents in Romania at the time, which the region of Romania had just been ceded to, uh, Romania, or I'm sorry, it was, it was Transylvania, right? Just been ceded to Romania. It was part of the Austro-Hungarian empire. Am I saying this right or no? Am I wrong? No. The Transylvania was ceded in, um, after World War after I. After World War One. That's what that's. Yeah. Okay. So lived there for a little bit of period of time where his paternal parents are from or paternal side was from, uh, moved back to Budapest for a year. Then the Hungarian revolution broke out in 56, moved to the States for a few years uh, joined up with the U.S. military, fought in uh, the Vietnam War, served our nation very well by doing so, and uh, uh, rem you know uh, went to went to well before that you went to trade school right you went to toolmaker by trade yes and uh, uh, and then uh, you know we worked a, a few you know worked in that industry for a while but you had a long career with General Motors yes. and uh, yeah. So that's a very, that's like the one minute synopsis of my, <laughs> my dad. Now he's happily retired living in Las Vegas. He plays pickleball every day and, uh, and he's, he's, you know, he's, uh, he's done a wonderful job, uh, uh, in his life and he's a very happy guy and I'm happy to see that. And so I'm going to briefly go to mom real quick. Okay. That was very quick. I'm sorry. That was like, no, I cut, okay. I we mean, cut, you know. <laughs> we cut years and years out of you. All right. But 70, uh, 78 years. Mom, uh, Irene Fichetti born April 23rd. Yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. Ooh, Ooh. Ooh. I don't know. I remember my mom's bad, birthday. Bad. 1946, uh, born outside of Mannheim, Germany in a displaced persons camp, not a refugee camp. Right. Uh, in the U.S. sector after World War II, uh, lived the first five, six years of her life in uh, yes. in the camp, right? Camps. No, oh, a variety of camps. Okay, right. Yeah, because Germany got split four ways after after you know the uh, the Allies had the three parts, and then Russia had the the eastern, right? So you're in the U.S. sector when you're five or six. You guys make your way to the states too. Okay, All right. And uh, had a, a, a career uh, doing different things. You know, he came to the States, went to Catholic school, Polish Catholic family, uh, very strict and stern, uh, discipline oriented. Uh, if you're a left-handed, they make you they make you right with your right <laughs> hand, right? And uh, I remember Bobji, huh? Yeah, yeah, like Bobji and Jaji. And then uh, had a career uh, doing different things, but always worked very hard, executive assistant, very focused on literature, reading, uh, empowerment, and knowledge, and discipline. Uh, well, thank uh, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, again, that's my mom in, in, in one minute, too. Um, also happily married for how many years now is it, guys? 50, 53. 53 years August 22nd. of marriage. you got to be... <laughs> In the top. We're a dinosaur. <laughs> well, no, but the fact that you're married for that, like, like that's what is that a ten percent success rate nowadays? I don't know, I don't know something know. like that, right? Well, I'll tell you the truth. In our community, um, retirement community. Most well, yes. Yeah, speak of the mic. Speak of the mic. Most couples, um, it's there's second marriage. Right. So we're we're a rarity. Right. Some three. Okay. Second or third. Yeah. 
Right, right. Second or third Super marriage. Okay. So what's the secret to a good marriage for 53 years? Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Perseverance. Go ahead, go ahead. Give, me, give, me, give, me, give me 10 seconds, Bob. <laughs> Stay away from each other. <laughs> Stay away from each other. Perseverance. Right. <laughs> it's Perseverance. E- it's easier to walk away than try to work out the problems. Okay. That's what it comes down to. So you're saying choose your battles wisely? Mm, yes, and it takes time to learn those uh, things, especially in the beginning of a relationship. So okay. I would say that. All right. And, um, yeah, because I've, you know, my, my me personally, my first relationship was not successful and I made a lot of mistakes, but it seems like you guys were able to tough it out over the years and uh you know that's a it's a credit to you guys because not, not still, everybody can do it you know battling you're still battling <laughs> you're still arguing you know my, my they're, they're, we're, we're staying together right now and uh you know they're still uh making these little arguments about like peter you forgot to turn the light off you know <laughs> the shower turn little off things. the shower <laughs> put the clothes you know and little me too thing. i still hear it too but she's still a nag yeah <laughs> Still here. So let's start. Uh, let's start with uh, ladies first, mom. So um, what? Uh, so what was it? So what's your earliest memory? Uh, you know, so you're born. So your your parents. So let's talk about your mom real quick, Bobshi. Mm-hmm. That's how you say grandma in Polish because you're ethnically Polish, but you were born in Germany in a refugee camp. What is your earliest memory? Well, let's let's do a little background on on Bobshi and Jaji first, grandma and grandpa. And, uh, and then what are your, what's your earliest memory in the camp? Well, my mother was taken in 1942 by the Nazis. At that time, they would take, um, the countries that they, um, to control over, to control over, uh, the eldest of each household Mm -hmm. was taken as forced slaveries, uh, forced slavery. So it, they either ended up working in factories or large farms. Right. Fortunately for my mother, she ended up working in a small farm. Okay, and she's a farmer. They were farmers yeah, by background, background anyway, uh, Yeah, right? they had an acreage. I would say my mother's family had like 200 hectares. Wow, that's of, a lot yeah, of land. Yeah, they did. Yeah. And uh, it was the... Uh, that's feudal, a, almost like a corporate farm. Well, it was theirs, but it was a feudal system. They had the little village, and I think she told me they had like, 12 families that live there and they would lease the land out to other individuals. And when it came to harvesting, they worked together when it came to spring. mm -hmm. Like the Godfather. Right. 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 That's what it came down to. The Italian mafia in New York city. Right. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, but she was the oldest of six being the oldest. She was taken um, by the Nazis as forced labor. So she ended up in, um, in Germany. It took about, I remember her telling me it took her about a week they were in cattle cars. They would stop in various villages, pick them up. The Nazis, up. right? They so the Nazis basically just took her to Germany, right? Yeah, right. as forced labor. And, and 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 she was born what is now well, it's now the Ukraine, right? Right, but it was it's Lviv, right, or Lvov, however you, it's said outside, in of, Polish, yeah, outside of there, outside mm-hmm. of Lvov, which is which is now the Ukraine, which had a border dispute after the all the wars going on then too, right? Correct. Afterwards, right. Okay, so you're in. So you're in Germany. Well, she's in Germany, and she's a forced laborer on a farm, right? Taking the place of whatever a son. Well, because that was at most war. most of the males were taken to as soldiers. Right. Uh, they needed the labor, and as the war progressed, they needed more and more. So it was actually even young, young, very young men who were taken into uh, uh, the service. So they needed labor for factories. They needed labor in uh, farms, large farms, small farms. So mm-hmm. basically that's how she ended up. My father, on the other hand, actually was born in um, the United States in Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah, that's right. His, his, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> his father uh, came here, I think it was in 1901 or two, right. maybe a little later, um, with his young wife. They settled in Pennsylvania at that time. It was in the coal mining section. Coal miners. Coal miners, yes. Yeah. Yeah. His wife passed away, and I think he had three kids at that time. Went right. back to Poland, married my paternal grandmother. She right. came back, and I think they had three more kids. 1929, when the Depression kicked in 1930, they went back to Poland. Right. Um, 
couple of years later, from my understanding, as he passed away, he had the black uh, lung disease. Right. 1939, the war broke out. Right. He was not the oldest. He had a brother. He had a sister who was 15 years older, but she, right. by that time, Poland and France had a very good relationship, so they, you know, they would travel back and forth. She yeah. ended up going to France before the war ended. Right. Well, before started. Not to cut you off. I'm sorry. So, so okay. So, how does Jaji, Grandpa, how does he end up? Coming to Germany, did he get taken by the Nazis too, or he? Well, no. What happened in 1944? The um, what the Nazis allowed people to do is to go back into their own country. They gave right. him a little more leeway, right. and his brother went back to Poland to marry his sweetheart. At that time, I mean, basically all the countries that were. <clears throat> um, controlled by the Nazis, were basically starving. I mean, the, the right, food, everything right, right. was being transported to right, to right. Germany. And the farm that he were, lived on, um, there was no one working it. I mean, he was basically starving. So his brother convinced him to go come back to Germany. Okay. At least he would have some place to live <clears throat> and, and have food and right, shelter. Right, the basic so, necessities. So that was in 1944 when he went back to Germany. So he was okay. not forced, but he... Worked. He right. wasn't paid for. Not for well, it's yeah, not officially forced, but there was really right. no other choice. Right, right. Right. So in yeah, order yeah. for him to survive. The Nazis had controlled Poland. I mean they, right. they defeated Poland in like mm-hmm. what ten days or whatever it was yeah, to it was, start. They rolled yeah, over like, him pretty quickly. Yeah, extremely. Yeah. And then, I, I gotcha. So I, then the war ended well, and both my parents were in the American sector and Total chaos, I'm sure, the first year. But what they did is they started massing people together who were displaced persons. Cultures were different. You have the Polish, you have the uh, Czech, you have the, you know, all the 20s. So what they did is they started separating them by country. Right. And, um, you know, my parents being Polish, my father, blah, 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 they met. And I was born the following year, 1946. So Okay. Okay. That was the story. Okay. Then in nineteen, we'll pause there. Okay, let's 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 okay. move over. Let's go to pop now because we're going to go back and forth a little bit. Okay, so Dad, you're born July eighteenth, uh, nineteen forty five in Budapest, right? Had the war in, the war in uh, Europe had already ended, right? Yes. Okay. What's the date? What was the what was the surrender? Well, what was the date? May. 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 So your 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 mother is pregnant with you. At the end of the war, correct. Right. Okay. And uh, so you're you you're born at the end of the war, and I imagine it's it's just a it's a nightmare, it's a mess in, in Budapest. I don't point. remember. No? Do you <laughs> well? Do you have any memories? So, do you have any memories uh, in Budapest before you went? You know, what's your earliest memory? Do you have an early an earliest memory? And uh, yeah, I have. Very, very faint. I remember when my sister was born. Okay. And how much older are you than your than Aunt Maggie? Just over three years. Okay. So you remember you're three and you remember that. Okay. Yeah, I remember that. I remember having a, uh, my mother worked. My mother worked. So I, um, uh, the, she had a, um, a nurse or a housekeeper. Right. And, uh. Uh, to take care of my sister because she was a baby and of course myself because I was only only three years old right and um, <clears throat> excuse me and uh, I remember that I remember her uh, and I remember that and the other thing I remember is that they took me to a camp and dropped me off and I was I completely went wild <laughs> I, I didn't want to stay there I was screaming and yelling and right but they just walked away and left me there. Right. <laughs> yeah. So. Do you forgive him for that? <laughs> sure. That's okay. uh, a tough gig. So you're like four, three, four years, they drop you off at camp and they're like, bye. But then you yeah. you have a, you know, separation, anxiety, attack. Yeah. I, I remember in the camp that they... Uh, like a summer camp this is, right? It's a summer camp. About a week long, week yeah. long summer camp. And... Uh, they left me with a bag of candy, and the person in the camp made me share my candy with everybody. Oh, God. I remember that. That was traumatic. Traumatic. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's not really fair. No, I get that. Uh, well, um, so do you remember, like, did you, did you end up having a good time at that camp at all, or was it? Uh, I don't remember. Miserable? Okay, you just remember the peak I moment remember, there. I remember that. That's it. Yeah. 
That's about it for the early, early memory. I don't uh, remember too much from that. I, I do remember the uh, the trip to Romania. Right. So you're five, five. You're five. Five. Yeah. And you're and you're getting you're getting sent to live in Romania with your dad's parents. Correct. Right. Yeah. Okay. And there, what was the name of it? Uh, Aba Yulia is the city. Aba Yulia. Aba Yulia. Uh, how do you say it in Hungarian? Yula Fehervar. Right. That's right. You know, both my parents are fluent in, my dad's fluent in Hungarian, my mom's fluent in Polish. Uh, so, but I don't speak either language, so, because everybody in Poland and Hungary speaks English anyway, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Now they do. We don't have a whole lot of use for it in America right now, but, and uh, both challenging languages, especially Hungarian, right, Dad? Yep. Yeah. Anyway, so, all right, so you're, uh, you're getting sent to live with your grandparents in Romania. What do you think? You know, they said you had a spot on your lung. Is that what it was? Well, supposedly I was uh, considered a sickly child. Okay. I caught colds very easy. Uh-huh. And, uh, they took me to a, um, a doctor and they took an x-ray. Supposedly they saw a spot on my lung, so they sent me for what they called a change of air because the air in Budapest was highly polluted. Right. When you say spot on your lung, is that like tuberculosis? Or? Uh, no, I, I have no idea. Okay. I have okay. no idea what they meant by that. But I, I, uh, I, I turned out to be fairly healthy, aside from the fact that I, I catch colds easily. So, so well, well, let's let's backtrack. So you said the memory of you going to, yeah, the next memory was you going to Romania. They dropped you off at the train station. No. No, no. My father went to, went with me to the Hungarian border. Okay. Uh, in the, in the neutral area, uh-huh. he had to get off at the border, and they uh, they sent me across the neutral area by myself. Of course, the conductor was told to, you know, to keep an eye on me. Train, train and my grandfather met me on the Romanian side. Okay. This is under the communist regime. Right. Well, they both are communists. Right. Time, right? right. Yeah, yeah. They're under the, yeah. the hand of uh, yeah, which the Soviet you, Union. You all, over there, it was very difficult to go from one country to the other, communist or not. You know? Yeah. And going to a non-communist country was almost impossible. Right. Going to a, a communist country was difficult. I see. I see. Okay. So you're five years old and now you're in Romania. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's pause. Let's go back to. Let's go back to mom. Okay, so mom, you're. Do you remember your trip uh, over to the states? I do. It was in nineteen January in nineteen fifty two. Uh-huh. My mother was sick. It took. We're actually on a, a military well, transport. Take one step back. You guys were going. You guys were thinking about going other places too, right? Like you're going to go to Canada or Australia uh, or something. Oh right? no, I I don't think it was Poland. a matter. No, my, no? well, my father did. Uh-huh. Uh, he wanted to go back to Poland because he also came from a, a very large farm. And my mother had no idea. She had no contact with her family, had right. no idea what was going on. And uh, the ironic thing is when I was about two years old, my um, my sister Angela was a year because we were 14 months apart. Uh-huh. Um, someone from that camp went to Poland. There was some kind of a, a, a wedding. <clears throat> and this man approached the individual and he said, um, I don't know whether you are could help me out, but our sister was taken uh, in uh, um, 42, and we've been trying to locate her. We can't find her. And he showed a picture of my mother, hmm. which was ironic. And he goes, oh, yes, I know her. She's you know She lives in this camp with us. Um, she has two children. So that's how they were able to communicate. Her mother actually left uh, the eastern part of Poland and traveled over moved all the way to western part of Poland, which used to be um, Bre- uh, Breslov in Germany, and became Rutswap because that territory was ceded to uh, Poland. Poland. And her mother wrote back to her and told her that there was nothing here at all. Her father was killed, yeah. and uh, she said, if you can, make a life somewhere else because there's nothing to come back to. Okay, so, so, they, that made, was, so they make the decision to come to the U.S. of A. Right. Okay. Right, so uh, 1952, January of 1952, we're on a military transport from uh, uh, Germany to the United States. Originally, we were supposed to end up going to uh, Yonkers, New York, 
something happened in transit. I don't know what happened. Right. But Did you guys go through Ellis Island? I no, no, Ellis Island okay. was closed. Right. I think they closed in 51. We ended up in the uh, Brooklyn uh, Navy Yard. Right. That's right. And uh, right. my mother was sick because she was pregnant at the time. She was three months pregnant. Pregnant with Churchy Terry. So, yeah. My aunt. My youngest so. sister. Mm -hmm. Right. So um, I just remember getting off this huge ship, a lot of commotion, people running around. Um, and my father had some luggage, and he told me to wait there, and I was nervous and scared. And I just remember looking over this huge ship that people were just coming off the plank, and that was our introductory to gotcha. the United States. Nice. And then you guys settled in Elizabeth right oh. away? Uh, yes, E Town, E Town, no, <laughs> Jersey Strong. Yeah, right. <laughs> Why not? Why didn't you guys choose uh, Queens or Brooklyn? Or well, you know? it, no, it was like a matter else. of uh, a family that sponsored us. Uh, so in between, as we were in transit uh, on a Polish radio, they were announcing these, you know, these family need sponsors. Right. Is is anyone aware of it? Right. And there was a family that sponsored us, and we stayed with them for about a month, and then we ended up. Um, living in a boarding house, and then my father was looking for um, another place to live, and that's right. how we ended up uh, meeting the Jacobs, right. who took my parents under their wing and helped them tremendously. Right. So um, right, that was right, my right. brief. Yeah. Who was your sponsor? I don't. Remember? I don't know. Yeah. What an amazing time in American history, though, post-World War II America, where it was really, you know, the you know, the beginning of the golden age of America. And, uh, well, I mean, there's been a lot of golden periods, but it really solidified the strength of America, the openness of people, the asylum, and uh, the uh, opening arms that they gave to a lot of Americans mm -hmm. after post-World War II is just Well, a lot amazing, of the time, yeah, you know? Canada did, Australia, right. France, um, All the and the United allies. States, yes, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, okay, so we'll pause there for a second. So, Dad, you're in Romania now. And you're uh, you're with your grandparents who you never met before, right? Right. Yeah. And so, uh, in that area, they spoke uh, a couple different languages, right? They spoke uh, Hungarian, spoke uh, German, right? Because you because she your grandmother was ethnically German but living in Romania. Sa Saxon. Sax, right? They're called the yeah yeah the Sasi the Sas. Sas. Yeah yeah. yeah. The ethnic Germans that live in uh, Romania and other parts of the world, you know, all Russia. All over Europe. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but not in Germany. That's an interesting story, too, because they are dis allegedly, right, the, the Wikipedia story that I saw on that, which, you know, of course, you can't always trust Wikipedia, that the, the Germans that lived in, in uh, uh, Romania, in Transylvania, were descendants of allegedly... The Knights Templar or the Teutonic Knights, something wow. like that. Right? I didn't know that. Yeah, they were brought there by the huh. uh, 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 the the king of the time, right, of of, of Austria Hungary, to kind of help defend against incursions from the Turks and other invaders. So they brought a lot of, you know, they gave some land and some, you know, a couple of mules to the people that wanted to come there and move out of Germany because Germany was becoming really dense, allegedly. Okay. Yeah, that's what Wikipedia said. I can't confirm or deny that though anyway so you're there with your grandparents do you what do you speak with them hungarian you speak german what do you speak in them? well at first i spoke hungarian and then uh <clears throat> then i i started school uh -huh. and i learned romanian i spoke romanian fluently in school and well yeah that was the well the the school was country mixed you know, they had there's Romanian kids there. There was Hungarian kids, mostly Romanian and Hungarian. But uh, so we we kind of learned in two different languages. Uh huh. You know, there was no no official thing. A teacher happened to be Hungarian and a good friend of my grandparents. Okay, so it worked out well then. Okay. Yeah, it worked right. out good. Right. Uh, and I was there for the first four years, four grades. Okay. Went back when I went back to Hungary. I was in the fifth grade. Well, hold on one second. So, what's your fondest? What are some of your fond memories being in Romania? Because you you didn't have any electricity or <laughs> anything right like that, right? We 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 lived like they lived in the, the Middle Ages, eighteenth century. <laughs> you know, we drew water from a well. We used an outhouse. Uh -huh. Had horses. Know. No, we didn't. My grandfather didn't because he was a railroad man. He was a, a station master. 
So he just rode his bike or walked? Walked mostly. I see. No no bikes either. We walked everywhere. Did you see cars there? Were there cars? Every once in a while. Okay. You know, they passed by on the, well, the highway was away from us. Yeah. But uh, every once in a while, the car passed by, but it was mostly uh, ox carts or, or horses. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, speaking of, uh, speaking of horses, tell the story about the horse. The horse that... Oh, the one I got kicked? <laughs> yeah, when you got kicked by the horse, yeah. Well, we were, yeah, it was, in, uh, <clears throat> it was a school day. Uh-huh. We were in school. How old are you? Eight. Okay. I was eight years old. I was, I, I think, in the second or third grade. I'm not sure. But anyway, uh, the heating there was a pot-bellied stove. Right, right. You know, so uh, it was, this is, I'm talking about the, the school. It was a school with 17 kids in it. Right, you know, all the uh, grades, right? It was, yeah. All it's like four a frontier grades. town in, in the uh, in the old together. west, right? It's correct. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and and it was up. There was a brick factory there, and it was up where the people who worked in the brick factory lived. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where the school was. So, uh, and, and the town was in a different location; it was a few kilometers away. And uh, but uh, the. What happened was the, I don't know what happened exactly, but the stove backed up. Schoolhouse got filled up with the smoke, so we all went outside. And uh, it, there, there was a little uh, fence uh-huh. around the yard. Yeah. So I was I was by the fence, and what, some guy sitting there. What on time the, of year is it? It's, uh, this is this is in. Uh, I believe January. Okay, there so it's snow cold. on the ground. Gotcha. Okay, and uh, there was a guy sitting there on uh, on a horse, and he says, "Hey, hey, kid, the, uh, you know, hit the horse in the back. He doesn't want to go." I guess the, this supposedly was a <laughs> yeah. very difficult horse, and so sounds I like came a great up, idea. I came, I came <laughs> up behind the Who horse. Who the hell says that? <laughs> hey, kid, get behind the You're horse. Right. right? No. Hit the horse. Well, what? What? I was, anyway, I had a branch in my hand, uh-huh. and I was going to hit the horse and bang. So he bucks and kicks you. He kicked me. Yeah. Where does he hit you? In the nose. That's in right. The face. Oh I, if God! I'm a, if I'm a half inch closer, he would have pushed my face to the back of my head. I would have been dead. Gotcha. So he just the he, tail he, end of the basically kick. he just grazed my nose. Wow. So and that that was enough to. Split it open and uh, and break everything in there. Yuck. Oh my god! Yuck. So, yeah. so, so they gotta go. So they gotta go repair that, or they just let they left that thing alone. Oh no no! The they, uh, I I ran across the street to the there was a guardhouse mm-hmm. at the factory. I ran across the street and uh, I'm holding my nose and I left the trail of blood in the snow. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody's in a panic. Oh my god! What's going on? You know they had a nurse there, right? Uh, and she couldn't do anything, so they they got the uh, the the, the factory truck. <laughs> they, they took me to uh, Alba Iulia to, in the hospital there. Okay, which is the big city there, right? Well, that was the, uh, the town, yeah, the big the big city. Yeah, no, it's considered a city. Okay, fifty people. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and they uh, they stitch my nose up uh-huh. and I, I don't know what they did on the inside I, I suspect that they couldn't do anything with it so they just kind of put it back together and stitched it up gotcha and then I had problems with it ever since so that would explain your massive snoring habit <laughs> could be yeah <laughs> I have a story about Alba Yulia 1970 we get married we okay get, this is fast oh, forward sorry years yeah. years. No, okay okay that's crazy so you kicked in the face by a horse and they stitch you up. Did they use anesthetic too, or no? Were you under? Were you under uh, general, or were you asleep? Do you I know? don't know, but I, I can tell you this: I have a scar on my finger. Uh-huh. I never got any stitches in that. Uh, that looks like they, it's just creased up. They like just a, bandaged it up. Jeez, I don't even think I saw that before. How did I never see that? You never saw that? No, yeah. that's why it's split like that. Huh? Yeah, that's crazy. Crazy times. So, all right, go ahead, Mom. I'm sorry. All right, 1970, we get married. Uh, we decided we're going to go to Europe and try to 
try to meet some of our relatives. So right. we go to Hungary. And then, of course, I think we were there for two weeks. And he said, oh, we, we have to go to Romania to uh, meet his... Uh, oh, well, no, we went to Poland first. Well, we did. Poland for three days. And then right. we went this to... This is uh, what year? 70... 1970. August, September. The Summer of Love. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> like the year after the Summer of Love. Anyway, um, <clears throat> his uncle... Um, we go into Otto's, Otto's car. Mm -hmm. And uh, we drive into Romania. Alba Julia, and I'm looking around, and I—it's—I mean, the country's and gorgeous. It was, and it wasn't Alba Julia; it was uh, we went across the border at another town. Oh, well, going there, anyway, we get there. You know, meet his uh, grandmother and grandfather. They're thrilled to see him. They haven't seen him in, since fifty-eight or fifty-six. Fifty-six. It's a schoolhouse, and they have a kitchen, mm -hmm. and you have to go through the hall into their bedroom, living room, quarters. Mm -hmm. I'm going, okay, this is different. Yeah. Um, it's one room, and there's your father, me, his uncle, grandmother, grandfather. Wait, you said an uncle? Did you say an uncle? His uncle, like Uncle Otto. 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 Otto was there too? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's he's along with so oh, there's one there. room. You're all sleeping together? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Everybody's just ripping ass, and you're hearing, you're hearing, you're hearing everything. Two right? beds, and okay. I think one was a. I mean, it, that was that in Two itself was like, living? okay, this, this is, is how I'm being. This Dude, is my honeymoon. honeymoon. Huh? This is how I'm being introduced <laughs> to his family. Anyway, so that's how they do. It. Yes, that's oh. how they do it in Europe. The next day, everybody in the village remembers him. They want to meet him at the teachers, his school teacher's house. But prior to that, that evening, I said I have to go to the bathroom, and I said, "Where's the bathroom?" It's outside. I, what, what do you mean it's outside? Oh, it's an yeah. outhouse. outhouse. Pitch dark. I'm, I'm, not going, <laughs> I'm not going out mm -hmm. there. So they give me a lantern, and I think your father walked out with me. I see this huge thing running across the uh, my father yard. No, my, grand, my grandfather. Your gra gra I don't know. Somebody walked me in. It was a huge rat. I, that was it. I, I, I saw a rat on the way to the outhouse. Yes. And you, and you screamed? So what did you do? I, I you just back. It? You held it? You held it in? What did you do? That's not very healthy, Mom. Jeez. Oh, God, what an experience. It was like stepping back in history, like 150 years back yeah, in history. Yeah, 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 I was yeah. so thankful when I got back to the States. Yeah. The rats were as big as cats. Oh, yeah, in Romania. <laughs> so, all right. So, so moving forward. So, Mom, so you're whatever uh, six seven eight years old you're in elizabeth new jersey what ha so you move into the flat you're with the jacobsons and then uh we enroll in uh catholic, catholic school mm -hmm. in elizabeth saint adalbert's is that what yes. it was mm -hmm. saint adalbert's catholic school and then what was the high school batten high school batten high school was an all-girl catholic Cap school no Public school. Public school, that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. An yeah. all-girl public and Elizabeth, school. Elizabeth, yeah. And that became, I mean, when I was in school, that became uh, Baton High. High. But it was, became the middle school afterwards. Oh, did it really? Once oh. they opened Elizabeth High School, oh, yeah. God. Elizabeth High School had like 5,000 students or something. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, but but in the beginning, it was still uh, Matton and Jeff. Jeff. Jefferson. Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson, yeah. And Jefferson was the old-boys school and right. Baton was all the... The girls' school, and then you had Edison, which was the vocational school. Yeah, what's your favorite uh, food that your that uh, Bobshi made for you? What did you like? All My the Polish, all the Polish. Well, of cuisine. course, everybody says you know pierogies, which is the stuffed dough. Or she, or she says pierogi. It's pierogi. 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 You know, it's funny <laughs> to use the accent. And know, then English. I really, at the time, I was not crazy, but I do. I love to stuff cabbage. That's oh yeah, my the, favorite. How do you say that again? Uh, Golomkis. 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 No, not Golomki. Golomki. Golomkis. Okay. Golomki. All right. Yeah. And Garage Key. Garage <laughs> Key. What's Garage Key? He's being funny. Just the key that opens the garage. Oh, Garage Key. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. All right. Um, but all right. I do love the traditions. We have the uh, tradition of um, yeah, Christmas Eve. Yeah, we always did the, 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 the go around and Vigilia. Christmas and uh, we hug each Easter. other at Christmas Eve and we don't eat dinner on, or we don't, I'm sorry, we don't eat dinner. We don't eat meat on Friday before, mm -hmm. you know, the Catholic traditions were held pretty strong. Oh, very. And, and with in, you. In Poland, yeah. yeah. But dad was a non-practicing uh, Lutheran, so right. he didn't kind of, well, you know. My, my family was a two-religion family. Right, right. Grandma was... Uh, my grandmother Greek. and my sister were Greek Catholics. 
And my father and I were Lutherans. That's right. Right. But, you know, you're kind of a, you're not a, you're not an atheist. You're just kind of a, a nonconformist. Non-religious, yeah. Non-religious. Agnostic? Yeah, I think, yeah, probably agnostic would be the word, Agnostic right? or... It's not that or, he doesn't believe, he just or, doesn't really, like, he's good, the, he doesn't care. Just the I don't know. Yeah. You know. No, no, nobody knows. Well, some people, someone knows somewhere. <laughs> nobody knows. God knows, but he's Nobody's not Nobody's come back to talk about it. Well, according to Socrates, before he died, someone, uh, I, forget, I think it's the, 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 the story of Arrow. Arrow was this bad, this this hero, this guy that died in battle. They thought he was dead, right? But he was actually just in a coma for like twelve days. And in his coma, uh, so they basically like he was like I forget what battle it was, but he was getting all the bodies were getting gathered, and his body was thrown in with the other bodies. And but in the, and after a few days, he woke up out of nowhere, and people thought it was some sort of miraculous event that happened but really he probably was just in a coma and he bled a lot whatever he woke up he became conscious and he lived but he told this massive story afterwards about the anatomy of what happens after you die and uh socrates before he died before he uh he wasn't dead so he didn't know well (laughs) well you know (laughs) (laughs) maybe he was dead and then came back we don't know no way no way i don't Anyway, so Socrates held on to that, but you know, even while he died, and he drank the uh, the poison, the uh, what did he drink? The hemlock. He drank hemlock, the hemlock. Yeah. yeah, he held on to his story pretty hard. Um, but anyway, uh, okay. So with mom, so you know, Elizabeth growing up. So dad's uh, dad. So tell your story, but tell about the story of your plight of coming to uh, uh, what happened after you're in Romania. You go back to Budapest, right? 1956. 56. Or 55, rather. And and, and, July of 55. Hungary, Budapest is occupied by the Soviet forces. Well, the whole country was occupied. Right. The Eastern Bloc, right? And uh, uh, Hungarian, uh, the Hungary uh, breaks out into a revolt. Budapest breaks out into a revolt, right? October. They kill off the locals. That was in October of 56. And you went back there when? to where? To Hungary from Romania. 55. Oh, in 55 you went back. So you're there yeah. a year. Just over a year. Right. And you hadn't, you know, and you hadn't really had much contact with your parents in the meantime, right? So you're just back with your parents, brand new family, or not brand new family, but you're re- reacquainting oh, with yeah. your family. I, I really didn't, I was a stranger in my own house because I really didn't know them. Right. And, uh, and, That's gotta uh, be and I had feeling. to get used to the neighborhood and the kids and, uh, you know, the, whenever a new kid comes around, there's always a lot of right. problems and, you know, right. fighting and, and, uh, and uh, arguing and yeah. so on and so forth. But People can be cruel, too, especially kids. Oh, yeah, you know? well, obviously, very, very cruel. But I, anyway, I, I fought my way through the neighborhood and I fought <laughs> my way through the class in school and... Uh, you know, so that's the way it went. Yeah, you learned how to stand up for yourself. Well, I I, I never backed down from anybody. Even I, I mean, I got beat up a few times, but uh, uh, I I never backed down. That's right. that was the thing, you know. And, and then I came here in 1957, and uh, I had to go through the same thing all over again. Yeah. So uh, okay, so yeah, human beings are like at the operating at the lowest level of consciousness are like piranhas, right? They try to attack the uh, what they perceive. Piranhas only go after like the weakest prey. And well, they, uh, they usually attack in groups too. Not, right? not, not just not just uh, attack, but ridicule. Yeah, well, make verbal, fun, you yeah, know, and, verbal attacks, not just yeah, physical yeah, attacks, yeah, but verbal attacks. Yeah. I mean, all that counts, right? Right. Right. right? But, uh, okay, so that's kind of a testament to your character there. So then uh, tell the story of, uh, of what happened when you, uh, what happened during the, uh, the revolution. So the revolution breaks out. Revolution breaks out, and uh, there's a lot of, uh, the, 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 well, let, let me start from the beginning. As a, I had a very bad, I fell down and I scraped my knee. I had a very bad infection on my knee. Mm-hmm. My mother took me to the hospital that night okay okay and uh, we come we're coming home from the hospital on the bus and there's demonstrations and people all over the place you know and uh, and uh, trucks uh, people on trucks riding around with a flag Hungarian flag 
with the communist symbol cut out of it. Yeah. And uh, uh, we happened to be passing by Stalin right. Square. And, and these was, are the Hungarian like nationalists revolting against well, the it Soviet. Started, supposedly it started with the college students. Right. The university students. Right. There was unrest, you know? right? And then, and, and then it. Well, it, people are starving, right? People are hungry. To, it's it got to the boiling uh, boiling point. That's true. That's uh, the we had nothing. I mean, uh, there was there was no food. There, food was rationed or not or just unavailable. You you were able to buy uh, a bread maybe once every two or three days, milk once in a while, butter almost never. Right. Uh, meat almost never. Uh, f- fruit, meat maybe once or twice a week, you know, and because uh, that's how we learned to eat a lot of meatless dishes, right. you know, because you just didn't have it. And uh, right, right. and I have stood in line for 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 bread and uh, other stuff myself. Yeah. Personally, it's got to be a crazy time. But you didn't know much different, though, right? I mean, you, I mean, it was a little well, bit more think, peaceful. Well, I was a kid. You yeah. know, I was born into this. How, how am I gonna? I, don't, I didn't know the difference. In uh, on the opposite side, in Romania, in the countryside, it was completely different. They had plenty to eat, you know, and they had good food and fresh food. Uh, so, living in the country was superior to living in the city. Right. Okay. Right. But uh, but the city people didn't know that. I see that. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, when I went to Romania, I, the food, the diet was good. The food, you know, blah, right. blah, 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 so on. So you're so back far. in Hungary. I'm sorry to interrupt you. You're back in Hungary, and then uh, civil rest breaks out. And then what happens? Uh, uh, so your, your, your father, well, who I never met, I never met uh, your father. Well, let me finish the story. Okay. okay. I was coming home from the hospital. Right. We go by Stalin Square, and... Uh, and and there's actually somebody cutting a Stalin statue off with a torch on top of the boots. They're cutting them off at the feet. At the boots. At the boots. Okay. At the boots. And then when they were when it was fell down, I, and I didn't see that, but when it fell down, they put a Hungarian flag in the boot. Okay. And uh, and and then they marched on the radio station to announce that. Uh, Hungary is a free nation, and they no longer want to be occupied by the Soviets. And uh, the secret police fired into the crowd. Right. And that's what that's, that's what started the revolution. Right, right, okay, okay. So, and that's what, they broke into the police stations, took the weapons, and the people started did. shooting the back. The people did, yeah. They fought right. against. And that lasted how long? What did that last for? Well, uh, uh, after a week, the Hungarian army also joined the revolution. Okay. And uh, they fought for another week and actually drove the Russians out. And uh, the Russians, they, they were running for their lives, you know. Right, right. But then they came back. A week, uh, it was, this was actually, it was like the first week it was the civilians uh, revolting. The second week the army joined them right. and they drove the Russians out. The third week the Russians came back with, uh, I don't know how many, with hundreds of tanks and they surrounded Budapest and and just blasted away. Yeah, they just leveled Budapest. They, well, they didn't level it, but they did a lot of damage. Right. And, uh, and it was street house to house fighting right. on the streets right you know so there was dead bodies all over the place and you remember seeing that well i i, I kind of snuck out a couple <laughs> of days you know because i was curious as to what was going on you right, know because right. at night we were in the apartment at night you could see the tracers flying through the air ah. and then we we spent a couple of weeks in the bunker in the house over, over there Every apartment house has a bunker. Right, yeah. From from so, from the war. From previous experiences, right, yeah. Because yeah. the, the, the battles are fought in the cities. Right. You know. So, well, all right. So, okay. So, you're seeing that. So, that's happened. And then, and then what happened? You guys decide to, uh, to skedaddle, right? Well, my father, my father had a truck because he was a truck driver. He had a truck. And he was out, uh, you know, periodically he was out helping picking up wounded people or dead people and transporting them or bringing them supplies or whatever. Right, right, you know? right, right. So, and then one night, I guess, he, somebody talked to him about 
leaving the country. Yeah. Because uh, uh, you knew the Russians were going to come in full force. They probably had an, an understanding. Well, they, they were they were already in, oh. but they were just but they were still fighting. Okay, and um, <clears throat> the um, uh, the people that talked to him actually had relatives in Brazil who were supposedly pretty wealthy. Okay, and but we got separated from them in the Austrian camps. Okay, you know, well, so. awesome. So, so you guys escape and make your way to Austria your dad yeah. in your dad's truck. Right, right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we guys, went as far as we could with the truck before the police took the truck away from us. That's crazy that they took it. Yeah. Well, and, uh, and to help the, the cause, probably. They took the truck away, and it just so happened that the, uh, the, the border was mined, but they lifted the mines just the previous year. Oh, from the war? From, from No, from, after the Iron Curtain was taken over. I see. see. Don't forget now, Austria was part of the Iron Curtain. But through negotiations, they got Austria free. I didn't know that. And that became, know that. That became the, the uh, jumping off point for refugees from communist countries. I see. Even if you defected, let's say, in Sweden or, or Germany, Neutral they ground. sent you back to Austria. I see. That was the the place for people from the iron from Iron Curtain countries. Right, right, right. Interesting. So, I didn't I didn't realize that. Yeah, so Austria was under Russian rule for Russian occupation for almost ten years. I had no idea. Yeah. Okay, I should have. Oh. But anyway, yeah. So you guys make your way to Austria, and then we make our way. We walked across the border. We right. made our way to Austria. They had camps ready for us they were very welcoming yeah. food and everything very helpful you know right. and, and of course over there on the borders everybody speaks both languages right so all the austrians over there on the border spoke hungarian right did you remember did you speak german again at that point or no did you still speak german no no i didn't speak well i was taking german lessons and so i understood a couple of words right, but right, right. you know yeah. Uh, and 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 of course you know, from my and from my grandparents, right? You know, because because right. uh, they when if when they didn't want me to understand something, they spoke in Romanian. So then <laughs> I learned Romanian. Then they had to speak in German because I couldn't. Right, <laughs> they right. were trilingual. Right, right. There, you know. So uh, okay, so you so you're in Austria. You're living in a refugee camp in Austria, and then you guys decide to come to the states. Well, no, not not really. Not we we were in several different refugee camps. We got yeah. moved around. Yeah, and uh, the uh, my uh, the original plan was to go to Australia because. Uh, oh, so you're the Australian. I kind of confused that with mom. I was like, no, oh, no, she mom. was too. Also, okay. but imagine if you guys went to Australia and we were and Aussies. We met there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it would have been fate. We'd speak yeah. with an accent. We'd be eating a lot of Vegemite. <laughs> you ever had Vegemite before? No. Yeah, it's just like, have you had Vegemite, Jason? Yeah, it's just like, it's like this paste. It's like, I think it's made from peas, like dried peas and salt. Could be, could be. Yeah, and like they love it. They love, they love it. What is it, like a spread? It's a spread, yeah. Vegemite sandwiches. Okay. Uh, And uh, anyway, my, uh, um, the couple that, one of the couples that came with us was a close friend uh-huh. of the family. As a matter of fact, they were my sister's uh, godparents. Okay. And their lifelong dream was always to go to Australia. That okay. was their lifelong dream. And so they convinced everybody else that you, we should go to Australia. And uh, then my father got to thinking about it and like a few of the other people too. And if I say, and he said, if I go to Australia, I'll never get home again, you know, it's so, it's so far away. But, uh, you know, at that time, distance mattered. Right. And, uh, uh, and he changed his mind. And instead of going through the Catholic relief organization, uh, Caritas. Right. We, he he went to the uh, Protestant organization, and that was quicker. I see. So, uh, the church has helped out there a little bit. And they oh, got big guys. time, big time. Yeah, you had yeah. The, every, most everybody was sponsored by a church, right? Except those people who had relatives, right? So we were sponsored by a church, uh, a Lutheran church in Niagara Falls. Gotcha. Niagara Falls, New York. New York. Yeah, right. Yeah. And that's when you guys made your way there first. We we, we went there first, and uh, I thought you were on the Canadian side. No. No. Yeah. No. Not. No. Yeah. 
I didn't know. I, I thought I thought it was yeah. It's funny on the, the U.S. side, right, right, right. US yeah. side. and then you made your way to uh, Newark, East Orange. So I, I, I was, I went there. I was in the sixth grade. They passed me on to the seventh grade, even though I didn't speak the language too well. And, uh, and uh, my father had a job, which he wasn't too crazy about, you know. But that's the kind of jobs you get when you don't speak the language. And right. uh, then he got laid off after six months. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was. We were without a job. My mother was doing odd work for people, you know. Right, right. And uh, and we had. We were on welfare, basically. Yeah. And, well, uh, you came here with nothing, so right, we clothes on our back. America opened up uh, its arms to you guys. So, you know, right? so we were, you know. And then uh, my mother had a cousin that lived in Belleville, New Jersey. Right. And uh, he came to visit us, and he's driving a brand new car. And, uh, <laughs> and Impressive. Telling, telling me, oh, yeah, we got all kinds of stuff here. And uh, why don't you come to New Jersey? There's plenty of work there, you know? Yeah. So that's what, how we, that's how he wound up in Jersey. What did you think? Do you think you should have went to Texas instead or, or Florida? <laughs> or would, would you be happy with the choice I had no idea because <laughs> I, I failed English in the seventh grade. And they, I had to stay over and finish summer school. Oh, okay. Your, that's right. Your family went to New Jersey. My family you went stay to in New Niagara Jersey. Falls. I stayed in Man. Niagara Falls for another two weeks to finish summer right. school. And you thought you thought America was all cowboys and Indians anyway, right? At, at, at first, <laughs> yeah. at first, I was surprised at all the traffic and the roads. Yeah. Like, so where's, where's the, where, where's the where's horses? The, where, where's John Wayne? <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. So okay, all right. So mom, all right. So uh, all right. So mom graduates high school. We're gonna switch to mom again. Graduates high school. It's at sixty-five. Four. Four. Okay, right around the hippie movement. Mm-hmm. Woo! No, that's no. before the hippie movement. Well, we had the beat. You had the beat generation, which was the going beat on. Beat generation, not not the hippies. Well, right. Yeah. Beatles well, are the hot. Beatles, right? yeah. Oh yeah. New York City. Yeah. You go to work. Where you go to work in New York City right away? Or? No. No, I worked uh, for Singer Sewing right. Machine Company. I okay. There. Singer, and the Singer Factory in factory. Newark? No, Elizabeth. It was Elizabeth, okay. Right. The headquarters. Ah, okay. And then I applied for a job in New York, and I worked uh, in New York. And then it McGraw was- Hill, right? Is that no, it was? no, that was, first it was a general reinsurance company, and then I ended up working for McGraw Hill. Pretty exciting living in uh, in the city, huh? Oh, I loved it. <laughs> when I say the city, see, it's funny because New York, New York. If you're a New Yorker, the city is Manhattan, but all the outsiders in the right, in the we refer to as Manhattan, right? The city is right. all the five boroughs, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so. and then uh, so dad's in the states, goes to trade school, graduates, and then you're working. Uh, well, you join up in the army, right? No. Well, okay. So what, what, I worked the. Uh, First year, okay. Uh, I uh, I worked in uh, I worked in a couple of different shops. Mm-hmm. I worked in a tool making shop, and then I worked in a um, in a, a mold making shop. Yeah, and from there I went to Western Electric. They called me because I had put in an application. At West they had the uh, Western Electric. They had the finest. Toolmaker apprenticeship program in the country. Gotcha. And uh, I applied for that. Didn't get it, but they did call me for this uh, this, this uh, general shop that they had over right. there doing right. doing piecework, which right. bored the hell out of me. Well, okay. But, so, well, so all right. So you're doing that, and then when does the so when does the army come around? Well, I got I got laid off from. Uh, from uh, Western Electric on uh, in the summer of '65. Uh, okay. okay, I started there in February, I think January or February. They laid me off in the summertime. Well, they closed up for the summer, you right. know, two weeks. Uh, but I got they I got laid off from there, and uh, they never called me back. Right. So I went to work in a. Uh, 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 no, no, I was working in a plastic mold shop previously. That's where gotcha. I went to work. I went to work uh, someplace else. Well, don't worry about it. And then, okay. and then I, I, I just want, kind of wanted to get away. 
I got gotcha. you. You know, so I boosted my draft. You kind of wanted to get away. Well, I think there's more to the story, but you don't have to. You don't have to. Yeah. You don't have to divulge that right now. <laughs> but uh, so, so you boost your. You're like, yeah, I want to get away. Was the war already happening? The war or the conflict had been declared? Did you know in Vietnam? Yeah. No. Okay, sixty-five. No, no, no. That, this was this in in 1964. Madame New came over. She was the wife of the uh, of 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 the the premier right of uh of vietnam and she right. flat out accused the cia of killing her husband right right right, right. it was uh, it was some some crazy time it was starting to to boil escalate yeah. escalate well, I, and i didn't pay too much attention to it because it didn't affect me right and and uh and and i uh, i didn't know where vietnam was because i always knew it as french indochina right you know now, the, the reason I know that is because in the 50s, my grandfather had a cousin in France whose son was in the Foreign Legion, and he got shot in Vietnam. The French Foreign Legion. French Foreign Legion. Interesting. Yeah. 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 Anybody could join the French Foreign Legion. Who had a cousin? Who was it? My grandfather. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. I know that. Uh, so anyway, okay. And so I saw, and, and back then they used to have news newsreels in the movies. And he took me to the movies one time, and I saw the newsreel of uh, the French fighting in uh, French Indochina. Right, which was Vietnam. Right. It became Vietnam. Right, right. So, so, you, so, okay, so you boost your draft, you do basic AIT, and then uh, you're shipped off to Vietnam. Well, I do no, basic AIT and jump school. And jump school, right. And then I joined the 101st Airborne Division. I got okay. that's where I got it. Well, actually, the the first first uh, unit I was assigned to was the 11th Air Assault. Okay. But I got they had already cut orders, you know, for right. everybody. Right. But I got hurt on my second jump. I got recycled for two weeks, and I finished the uh, jump school with another company. Uh -huh. And. Uh, and uh, uh, my orders were changed. Mm -hmm. Sent me to Fort Campbell to the 101st. Okay. So uh, pause right there at the 101st. All right. So mom's working in New York City right now. And uh, were you, what was the name of the, the publishing company you worked for? McGraw Hill. McGraw Hill. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you're working at McGraw Hill and you're there for how long? Seven years. Oh, okay. So this is from 64 to 65. 65 to 71. But you, you had met dad before that, though. Uh, no, I, I left in 74. That's when your brothers... <laughs> okay. Two weeks before they were born, so right, it had right, to be right, maybe right, 66. Right. So, right. Uh, so you... Um, how'd you like it? I loved I loved working in New York. I loved... Uh, it was exciting, work, you know, during that time, working in New York. Right. Uh, and uh, working for so a So you were there in the company. summer of 69? Yeah. Yes. With the summer of Sam. Yes. Right? Yes. Okay. It was scary. Yeah, with uh, Samuel Berkovich, right. who murdered yeah. how many people did he kill? I don't know. But, yeah, a crazy was, time, right? It was extremely. Yeah, there's movies made about that time. That time's romanticized, big time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, the murders, not, obviously not, but just right, the, time, right. the time in history. Okay. Well, yeah, there was a lot going on. Um, you know, they were the Vietnam War was going on, and people be, uh, started becoming politically right. aware of what was actually happening. Right. Um, there were a number of people who were demonstrating against it. They had uh, right. uh, demonstrations, um, yeah, peace marches. You, um, got the, you got the Timothy Leary stuff mm -hmm, going on mm -hmm. with the drugs and, right. uh, and the counterculture. And right. The people are speaking out against the government because they're kind of opening up and seeing what's going on. And there's a big movement towards peace and love mm -hmm. and, you know, equality, civil rights movement. Um, a lot. Yeah. Yeah, massive, a pretty tumultuous time in American history. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I bet. Interesting. And uh, so you got, so, all right, so so all right, so let's go back to dad for a sec. So dad's, joins the 101st Airborne, and then he ship out. We just got to move kind of a little bit faster. Just yeah, yeah. Okay. So you're in Vietnam, so you get sent to Vietnam. Yes. Okay. What's your, what's Early, your early. We were the second combat unit in Vietnam. Okay. Where do you get sent to? Because this is a whole other topic for itself, too. Mm. But Landed in Cam Ranh Bay. Right. Okay. 
And you wanna, uh, I went over by boat, by the way. Okay, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it must have been a nasty time, I bet. <laughs> it it's was. almost like the Crusaders going over <laughs> from uh, England to, uh, you know, jeez, uh, Acre. During uh, you know during the Crusades, I can but, imagine well, what a crazy time. It wasn't that bad, but right, it was, it was a little condensed was, version of it. It was know? it wasn't good, you know, but anyway, a bunch of bunch of you know, uh, spry eighteen to twenty five year old men ready to go to war. Yeah, most mostly eighteen, nineteen years old, seventeen years old too. So what was the what was your uh, uh, the initial battle that you fought? Remember your introduction? We talked about your introduction to. Uh, I want you okay. to tell it from the story. Like tell it from when you when you uh, you fell asleep before you got in the helicopter and you had a, a dream. Oh, uh, we're talking about the uh, Battle of Annin. Battle of Annin was that your first battle too? Well, that was the first major battle. First, we, we've had sporadic uh, firefights prior to that. Right. Walk, and then you were doing patrolling in the jungle, and we were, we, we were patrolling. And yeah. you're carrying the M60. At that time, I wasn't. No, I was at that time. I was an assistant gunner on the eighty-one millimeter mortar. Gotcha. Okay. So, all right. So that. So, all right. So that. So, the Battle of Annin. Tell that real quick. Well, okay. the Battle of Annin was uh, was supposed to be a uh, what they called the search and destroy mission. Right. Okay. Where where you would take and it was battalion size. Okay. So they would take the whole battalion and you just flying on helicopters, line up and sweep through the area and just blast you, you can just blast and see what you can find, you know. Gotcha. Uh, because uh, the, the searching for the Viet Cong. The Viet Cong used to have uh, caches of weapons right. and right. rice. And in the villages, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, so so that's that's what we would do. There were sympathizing villages, there were non sympathizing villages. Of course. Right. But tell the story of you in your dream? Well, it was a, uh, a rainy morning. It was drizzling, and uh, we were waiting for the helicopters. You know, when you when the helicopters pick you up for an assault, you line up in positions of uh, six or seven people. Yeah. You know, one here, one there. And the helicopters land like that, and they pick you up all at the same time. Yep. So, and they take off all at the same right. time. Okay. And uh, so I'm, I was laying there. I, I actually decided to take a little nap, and uh, I put the steel pot over my head, and and and, and I dreamt that uh, that uh, we were getting out of the helicopter. They were shooting at us, and I and I couldn't uh, I I couldn't low, uh, chamber around in my weapon. And your M and your and M16? that's exactly what happened. Okay, so it was the that M16. Was, M16. That was an M16. Okay, yeah. so you couldn't chamber. Okay, so you get on the helicopter, you go to the drop zone, which is Andin, right? Well, uh, yeah. Well, you wake up from the dream. You go to the well, no, that was I woke up from. That, I was already on the helicopter going in. Okay. However, what happened was the um, we didn't have enough helicopters, so they called in the Marines, and the Marines flew different kind of helicopters. They mm -hmm. flew the H-34s, which looks like a dragonfly, the, yeah. you know, the big ones. And they only have a door on one side, not on yeah. both sides. Right, right, right. So what, what, the next thing I know is that we're coming in on the, and they're saying it's a hot LZ. Landing zone. Yeah. So we come in, we come in and uh, uh, it, it was a matter of surprise. They surprised us as much as we surprised them. Right. They didn't know we were coming, and we didn't know that they were there. Okay, so you and drop in. So you drop in, and uh, what happens? Uh, we, we drop you're in. Taking fire, all, you're taking fire. There's there's heavy gunfire. Right. Okay. Receiving heavy uh, gunfire. I I happened to lo look out the door because uh, the machine gunner, the door gunner, got wounded. His they shot the feed plate on the gun, and his hand got hurt. So they got a couple of guys to jump into the door and fire back. And all I remember is seeing a VC running around in his underwear firing at us, you know? Wow, that's That's crazy. how much of a surprise it was. Yeah, we yeah. actually caught them cooking their rice right. for a morning breakfast, you know, for breakfast. Right, right, right. And uh, so we get out of the helicopter, and uh, it, it was a disaster because we only got in about uh, 200 men. Uh, the rest of the helicopters, the 
They turned away, and uh, the second lift, the third lift never came because they were told it was, right. uh, you know, so we were engaged. So you, so you guys so drop in, and you're isolated now from the rest we, we of We drop in, we uh, and, and uh, this was a, a regiment-sized unit. It was a... It was a uh, North Vietnamese trained, regular military, uniformed unit. It was right. uh, uh, so they were not just Viet Cong, not guerrillas, you know. Right, right. So we drop in, uh, and of course, the first thing you do is you form a perimeter. Right. Uh, and uh, we formed the perimeter, and uh, I well, was on the. There were two perimeters. We'll, go, we'll take one step back. So that so talk about the gun. With this, you had the you had the premonition. Oh, when 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 I jump out of the helicopter, uh, and and it, uh, I, I have to stress this that this was not my weapon. My weapon was a forty-five. Right, because the, the night before that we had a meeting, and we told the lieutenant we won't, you know, my, the gunner and myself that we we don't have any M16s, and somehow they got an M16 for him. And my uh, platoon leader said, "Well, you take my uh, RTO's M16 because he'll be with me, and I got an M16. So that's how that's how uh, light okay. they thought this mission was going to be. Exactly. So so, so you so jump out of the helicopter, and thank goodness for elephant grass. <clears throat> I'm laying in the grass, and I cannot put, <laughs> I cannot put around in the chamber. So it's it's like your your premonition came true. It's my premonition. Interesting." It's, it, it is interesting. It's it's weird, actually. So listen, we're gonna fall, we're gonna stop right now, and we're probably gonna have to do a part two of this, uh, or you know, we'll finish up <laughs> okay, the rest of it. Yeah, sure, if you Definitely, don't mind. No. And uh, yeah, thank okay. you guys very much for joining. Thank you, Jason. Yeah, it was fun. Thanks. We'll do more next time. <laughs>